Hello and welcome to this podcast. Updating us on the economic situation in dairy is the National Milk Producers Federation Chief Economist Peter Vitaliano talking about what's becoming a very difficult time for dairy producers in the wake of the coronavirus crisis. Peter, thank you for joining us again. Thank you, Alan. So we last spoke almost two weeks ago. Um, what has changed in dairy's economic situation since then? Things are changing so fast that, that the, the normal play of st- dairy statistics is, is so delayed. It's like um, we're getting visions from a vanished world. My window on what's happening is uh, to follow the dairy futures very, very closely uh, on a daily basis because that's sort of where the industry, dairy industry collectively is trying to digest what it thinks is going to happen. All throughout the month of March, the futures were showing a very almost completely steady deterioration of the price outlook for this year, 2020. There was a brief pause about in the middle of the month where there was a little bit of a bounce and a a lag and then another big leg down. In April so far, the futures seem to have hit a bottom right about at the the last day of March. And they've gone up a couple of times since then, uh, seem to be retesting that bottom. It may still be a false bottom, but but this is a fairly long pause. And it's sort of, uh, the the futures have stated an indication of around $16 to $16.50 per hundredweight for an average price this year. Uh, we will hope that that is the bottom. That would be down about $2.50 from last year's prices, average prices. Uh, USDA threw, kind of threw in a curveball with their updated uh, forecast, which they do monthly. Again, the futures give us a daily snapshot. USDA came in um, with, an, with an estimate of average all milk prices for the U.S. in uh, this year. It was about two dollars below where the futures were indicating so we will see if that's uh, an outlier forecast or whether that's a harbinger of things to come but uh, i'm a little cautiously optimistic that the that we've again seem to be at a temporary bottom that's now lasted about two weeks and that bottom in the futures has has weathered a very substantial collapse of prices particularly cheese prices of through late March and early April. So um, there's, I, I would say there's a little bit of robustness in the futures outlook at this point. It's not pretty, but it's not continuing to deteriorate. Do you see any light at the end of the tunnel? And is that even something we should be talking about right now? Well, if you look at the uh, the chart of the uh, the monthly milk prices, I've been following so sort of the overall um annual average expectations, which, as I say, have bottomed, they are indeed bad, and they're bad because uh, tremendous amounts of demand have been lost. As you say, there's a lot of milk dumping because the supply chain just cannot handle this rapid change from tremendous losses in food service and a little bit um, uh, of an increase in demand at retail. But the The price forecasts on a monthly basis are showing that we're going to be hitting a bottom somewhere in the middle of the year and that it'll be improving uh, toward the end of the year. And I think everybody continues to expect that. But there's going to be tremendous damage during the meantime. There's absolutely no no denying that. And in that interim period, I mean, all of this economics, it's it's supply and demand. Um, At least that's what they teach you in the 101 class. Um, It's true. How do you get 
supply and demand back in balance? What is the path to, to achieve that? The demand has, uh, has, has rapidly changed. Individual consumers uh, usually don't change that much, but under these circumstances, there's been just this massive sudden uh, cessation of, of food service. And the only way to get supply and demand back into balance at a reasonable time frame is for milk supply to drop down to the point where it'll, it more closely matches the substantial decrease we've seen in demand. There are a couple of ways to do that. Milk dumping is one way. There's no room in the in the processing and in the marketing channels for the amount of milk that's that's coming off of the nation's dairy farms. It is being dumped all over, um, and that's where we're keeping we're keeping track of that through basically through the media. More specifically, dairy farmers need some assistance uh, to encourage them financially to to make the kind of cuts that are needed. And that is a key centerpiece, as you well know, in the request National Milk Producers Federation and the International Dairy Foods Association collectively have requested the U.S. Department of Agriculture to do, namely to make a payment to all dairy farmers of $3 per hundred weight on all of the milk that they market if they are if they cut their milk marketings by 10%. That type of unified collective uh, government action would probably be the best and most effective and speediest way of rebalancing supply and demand. And that's why that was, again, the centerpiece of the National Milk Producers Federation ask of USDA. When you offer a farmer that incentive payment, what is the economic impact that makes this problem be mitigated faster than it would have been if you simply let market forces do their magic? Market forces, unfortunately, don't work that quickly. Um, They do work. One of the things that kind of surprised me was the, the the most recent example we've had of a rather extreme price plunge was back in 2009, and I was expecting to be there to be a an immediate and much larger reduction in supply than in previous uh, milder price downturns. That did not happen in 2009. Sometimes when prices drop unexpectedly and substantially, there is not the supply response in the short term that you would expect. And we may well be in that kind of a situation. We are going into it, unfortunately, going into a uh, a new expansion cycle of the national dairy herd that was, uh, even before this current crisis, was looking to increase milk production by 2 to 3% year over year. Market forces, I'm afraid, are would be a very blunt instrument, even with the kind of price declines we're looking at. If you paid $3 per hundredweight on 90% of a farmer's milk, that's going to be, that would be a substantial incentive. And farmers can find a number of different ways to reduce their marketings to make that happen. So it, it's just one of those things where where that kind of intervention under this kind of circumstance would affect a supply reduction much quicker than market forces would. Dig down a little bit, Peter, in, in how the current situation affects different regions and different sizes of operations. We've had a situation for some time where that cumulative impact of low prices and low margins was taking a disproportionate toll on, on smaller dairy operations all over the country. But in terms of regions, Every region of the country is going to suffer uh, probably equally. There's no one region that's, that has a structural exemption from this. 
it is indeed a national dairy industry and price movements tend to tend to move pretty much uniformly with some lags in parts of the country. Pretty, pretty much, you know, over, over, you, you get a half year period and everybody's going to experience the same kind of price impact. So taking a look at that upcoming period, Peter, how would a dairy farmer know that they've reached the bottom of this market? What, what should they be looking for? Well, again, prices that dairy farmers see in their milk checks uh, do lag uh, kind of in, a, in a way like the official statistics, tracking what happens in the in the dairy markets and the, the dairy futures markets is probably the best way to sort of keep abreast. Now, in terms of individual farms, those who have had risk management programs in place are going to fare better than others. Up until recently, as I said, the price outlook looked pretty good. And so farmers who had locked in price coverage going forward, at least you know through this year, will ben- benefit very seriously from those protections that they locked in. Farmers who signed up for the dairy margin coverage program will be receiving payments um, in at least on their first five million, million pounds of production history for 950 coverage. Uh, the current outlook looks like somewhere around a dollar forty. And again, that's another sign. The 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 outlook for the average DMC payments has actually been dropping down a little bit over the last couple of weeks. That's kind of a, a a strange but nonetheless a real sign of the outlook improving slightly other than that let's say nobody is going to be nobody is going to escape this no dairy farmers are going to escape the, the situation we're in now we appreciate you having the time to join us today it's the least i can do in this current uh, current crisis that's it for today's podcast. Uh, be sure to look at our coronavirus webpage for more information. That's nmpf.org slash coronavirus. We've also launched a Twitter hashtag to discuss what dairy's going through and the need for dairy policy solutions. That's hashtag dairy never stops. We also have a call to action on our homepage. Check it out if you want to get actively involved in, in advocating for dairy farmers. You can subscribe to this podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play under the podcast name Dairy Defined. Thank you for joining us today.